You're listening to Finn Too Deep. Tua back to throw. Blitz coming. They get to him. No, he takes off running. And he's he in. It. Touchdown Miami. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. What's going on? We welcome you back in to another episode of Fin Too Deep. I'm your host, Reason, and I'm joined by my other host, Neil Driscoll. As always, you can find us on Twitter. You can find myself at the underscore real underscore reason. You can find Neil Driscoll at Neil Driscoll on the Twitter boxes. Neil, we it is Wednesday night as of this recording. We are only a mere four days away from kickoff at 4.25 p.m. Eastern time with the Patriots and the Dolphins. Where are you at, buddy? Uh, I, it's going to be hard to get through the next couple nights. It's those nights where you, you keep waking up and you're like, are we closer to Sunday yet? But, you know, can't wait for it. Excited for tomorrow's game as well. Cowboys, uh, Buccaneers should be a fun one. I know we all, a lot of us live in that fantasy football world and got a lot of good players to watch tomorrow night. But, you know, it's kind of just a cursory game for me. I, you know, I, I was just telling you before we jumped on, like, uh, it's cool to have the four o'clock game against the Patriots on Sunday, but God, those three extra hours that we have to wait, you know, are going to have me kind of dancing around my house and, you know, probably get me in the doghouse with the wife because she'll be like, Neil, you really got to calm down. Like, you're, you're going nuts here. But now nah, that's to be expected. Uh, my, my cousin comes over for the games. We go nuts. Um, I, I say a lot of choice words and I've added some bad language to my uh, son's vocabulary at a young age. So I'm trying to watch that. But, uh, I have a feeling that I won't be doing too much cussing on Sunday, and and I know we're not doing our predictions just yet, but um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so the big topic today on Dolphins Twitter and abroad, because they even got the Bleach Report update, um, was the Dolphins named the captains. Um, Jesse Davis, Matt Collins, Alandon Roberts, Jason McCordy, and Clayton Fledgelum. Um, Clayton Fledgelum. Landon Roberts and Jesse Davis were all captains last year. Matt Collins is a new offensive captain. And then Jason McCourty is a new defensive captain. Um, according to everyone, names were put into a hat um, in terms of votes or whatever. Um, that's how, and it's not even known if Tua put his name in the hat to be voted for. But the, everyone's making a big deal that Tua Tungvaloa is not the captain in year two of the Miami Dolphins when, you know, Xavier Howard's not a captain. Emmanuel Ogman's not a captain. Jerome Baker, after signing that big contract, he's not a captain. Um, you know, and they're appointed to teams like the Jaguars and the Jets with Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence being captains. But those are also bad franchises right now um, in terms of where they're at now. I think the Jets in a year or two are going to be a very good franchise with Joe Douglas at the helm. But right now, talent-wise, they're, they're not there yet. Um, and same with the Jags. We can agree with that. So different circumstances for us. Um, you know, obviously, everyone's making a big deal about Tua Tungvaloa not being the captain. Um, you know, Mac Jones isn't the captain over in New England for as big of a media darling as he's become. Um, what are your thoughts on um, 
Tua not being named a captain because really, you know what? I don't care about the C on the chest. I care about the W's that you're going to put up on the board. You know, to me, it's something he's, he's, you know, I'm fine with him earning that. You know, I'm fine with him being the captain in year three or year four because then I know it's never going away. I'm not, this is, you know, I know he's a leader. You know, Matt Collins talked about it. He's like, just because they're a quarterback doesn't mean they're necessarily captains, you know. And he talked about how good of a leader Tua is now, how vocal he is, and how good at communicating he is. And we've seen it. He's pulled Austin Jackson to the side when he's had bad reps. He's pulled Devontae Parker to the side during training camp when they've had bad reps. So I'm not really worried about this. Where do you stand on the whole um, Tua not being a captain on this um, 2021 NFL Miami Dolphin roster. You know, reason I care more about what colored socks I'm going to wear to work tomorrow, and I'm working remote, and I won't even be wearing shoes and socks. So, uh, like I, I, you know, the we saw this with Tim Tebow, and we're seeing it with Tua, and, and they're two of the you know best character guys that we've seen enter the NFL ranks. And some reason there's this mutiny against them, and, and this desire to see these people fail. You know, well I've joked around, Neil. I've joked around, Neil. I've said. The media must be a bunch of Satanists during the Illuminati because the the one thing that connects those two guys is how big of advocates they are for the Christian Christian religion. Yeah, and, it, and it's just yeah, you, you're not kidding. And it's just to me, it's just like you look at the Dolphins, the youngest roster in the NFL, right? All the players you name that are the captains are the most experienced players on the team, right? And they're also very very strong chance that none of them are actually even back with the team next year. You know, yeah. maybe Jesse Davis. I don't know. You know, the Dolphins obviously need to work, do some work there. So and it doesn't really matter to me because to a, you, you lead by how you play the game. You do the little things. Going out and winning a coin toss doesn't make you a leader, right? Like there is not one question about his ability to be a leader. Look at the guy. He played at Alabama for Nick Saban. Have you ever heard anybody come out of that program and say that Tua is not a leader? Right, we're we're talking about a guy whose first experience playing college football at the highest level in the national championship was throwing game-winning touchdown passes. Like I, I don't get it, and the media can have fun with it. That's how they get clicks. At the end of the day, to his answer is what I want my quarterback to say ten out of ten times. Right? Who gives a shit if he's got a little C on his shoulder pad? Right? At the end of the day. If he's doing what we all think he's going to do and he's winning games, nothing else matters. The stats don't matter. Everyone can make it. You know, Tom Brady wasn't the leading touchdown passer every time he won a Super Bowl, right? Like we're talking about just these little minute things that don't matter. And, and that's, you know, it's just a good, good telltale that we're all ready for football season. Tua is a leader on this football team. Look what he did in the offseason. Right, like in in a tough world where there's COVID restrictions, him and all of his receivers were meeting, throwing the football all over the place. You know, I, I, I too is a leader, and it, and it's going to show this year. And, and I'll even take it a step further. He's going to lead with his play. Tua is going to take that year two jump that we've seen Lamar Jackson take. The offense is designed for him. He has the weapons. He has the confidence. Everyone will emphasize when he makes a mistake because he will throw interceptions this year, right? No one's perfect. But at the end of the day, he will lead with his play. And all the questions that are around Tua that we've all had so we've all had to endure all offseason, 
they're going to evaporate pretty quickly. The Deshaun Watson rumors, they'll evaporate pretty quickly. Tua controls so much of this narrative this year, and we all know he's ready. Yeah, he literally has a desti- his own destiny or fate in his hands. Um, you know, yeah, I, I just think this is another overblown, minuscule issue trying to be made into a big issue, and the snowball effect just keeps rolling down the hill towards Tua. And I really, I, I do have, you know, I talked about this earlier on my other show, Inside the NFL. You know, I've been sitting here and I've been thinking about what's going on with this offense right now in terms of, you know, I just found it peculiar and more than a coincidence that a couple weeks ago when they announced Thursday was going to be the last practice to open to the public and they shut down Friday and sent them inside, all of a sudden our big weapons on offense were healthy and able to practice. You know, the real installs began. I got a feeling we're going to see a little Tuscaloosa too in terms of how Alabama in those first couple plays of every game used to try to take the top off of you. I think they're going to come out on Saturday and we'll get into our Patriots preview right now before we get into total final season predictions. Um, On Sunday, I think they're going to come out. They're going to look for a big play. And I think what's going to happen is if they convert that big play, they're going to put that pressure right on Mac Jones right away. They go out there and they stop them. It's going to be death by a thousand cuts with this RPO, quick rhythmic, um, short to intermediate passing levels style offense. It's just going to kill the clock, take possession, away from the New England Patriots. Remember what they did to us last year with Cam Newton and the read option. They basically took away uh, read option with some RPO sprinkled in there. They basically took away our, um, you know, our, our ability to hit them back in the mouth by, we only had like two or three possessions in the first half last year. I think now this is what they're going to see. I think you hit them with the big play to shell shock them. You go out there, you stop that you get a defensive stop. You come back, you do a death by a thousand cuts where you get down the field with small chunk yard plays and then you score and you've taken a whole bunch of time off the clock and you've immediately applied so much pressure on the Mac Jones that Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris might not be as big of a factor as they're expecting them to be on Sunday. You look at how we're going to game plan for this Patriots team. You know, we're going to find out. I want to find out real quick if Mac Jones lives up to the hype. I want to, if our run defense can take the step forward, which I'm still weary of, okay, we can put them in a position where Mac Jones is the guy who's got to beat us. And with the amount of disguised stuff we're going to throw their way, the exotic packages, what we're going to look like pre snap compared to post snap. Mac Jones could be in for a real rough Sunday if we play the cards right here real quick out of the gate. What do you think about that? Because I've been thinking, I'm like, why were they so eager to get everyone out? And why were they so eager? Now all of a sudden everyone was healthy. And I've been told privately for weeks that Will Fuller was healthy and that Albert Wilson was healthy and they were just letting them chill because of soft tissue injuries. They know they're susceptible to that. They didn't want to deal with that. 
Now all of a sudden they kind of go into, they even lop off a day from the public and they say, okay, let's go. And you know, they put a whole bunch of vanilla stuff on tape for um, Bill Belichick and company. You know, they didn't once put on tape what this offense is going to look like, what Gusecki's role is going to look like with Fuller and, um, and Parker and Preston Williams and Albert Wilson at full health added in with Jalen Waddle. They showed nothing when you actually, other than maybe how they might use um, the running backs on wheel routes and angle routes, but they put nothing on film defensively for how the main usage is going to be for their main weapons. And that has me thinking they might come out and try to shell shock them like Bama used to do. And then just go quickly what Bama used to do, go death by a thousand cuts, then go over the top of them eventually again later on in the game. Um, what are you thinking and what are you expecting with the Dolphins coming out? Because I'll tell you, we talked about our captains. If I'm one of those captains and we win the coin toss, I usually like to defer, but I'm receiving because I want to set the tone against the New England Patriots and really put the pressure on Mac Jones. Reason, those of us who have been Dolphins fans for a long time, aren't used to the Miami Dolphins being a smart organization, right? The Dolphins, without question, I'm 100% positive, held back a lot in the preseason. And as fans, we all want every rookie and every new signing to go out there and make us feel great about our new player, right? But what's what's one thing that we knew 100% when the Dolphins took Waddle? He had chemistry with Tua, right? When Tua was having those private workouts with the receivers and they were all working on the offseason, he was throwing them all balls. He has chemistry. I think the Dolphins were very smart with the usage they, they utilized with the wide receivers in the offseason, right? Because, like, let's not, like, kid ourselves. Waddle, Will Fuller, they have injury history. The last thing you want is those new speedy weapons, those bright, new, shiny cars that are in your driveway to go out and get dinged up. So, you wanted to make sure you have them for a long season. Winning in the preseason really doesn't mean anything, right? Like, so, and it sucks we'll be without Will Fuller week one, but no excuses. No excuses. I don't care if we're going to New England. Put I don't Wilson care. out there on the boundary. Yeah, I don't care if Bill Belichick's the GOAT. The Dolphins are a better team on paper than New England. Tua's a better quarterback and has more experience than Mac Jones. Like, the Patriots' best player on defense, Stephon Gilmore, is not playing. Right, J.C. Jackson had a good season. You know, do the rest of the corners in New England scare you? Yeah, the interceptions. Jonathan yeah. Jones is good, but he's he's primarily a slot guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I I'm not afraid of New England. I know they've gotten a lot of attention nationally, and Mac Jones look he looked good in the preseason. Like Jalen Mills does not worry me right now. Let's no, and, and honestly, like you do take the ball first, and you go down there and you run this efficient RPO, get the ball quick. And, and I really, truly believe that if you're doing any of those daily fantasy sports, you can get them on the cheap. Go get Jalen Waddle. He's going to catch a slant, and he's going to show you why we took him with the sixth overall pick. I expect him to eat on Sunday. I think he'll get six, seven balls. I think he'll have over 100 yards. He's going to feast too. And, and I, I just – I don't see how the Dolphins – aren't prepared, right? Because because as great as Bill Belichick is, there's Brian Flores knows him, and he's proved that he can coach against them. But, and, hey, 
Belichick knows him because it's something that's only been whispered about and not really been made a big deal about is, you know, and I put it on my Patreon when I, when I was hearing it way back, and now it kind of got confirmed today by Bill Belichick. He was the one who put it out there publicly, not Flores. Flores had talked about it previously about how he wanted to keep it under wraps so the other team was guessing, but Belichick put it out publicly today that Godsey is understood to be the play caller. And, and I like that. I think that's a good move for the Dolphins. Who you know, they, like they don't owe us any of this information. They don't have to tell us who's playing calling the plays. At the end of the day, all the all the predictions and everything goes to the wayside. You play the game on Sunday, and I like the Dolphins roster better. You know, let, let's 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 look at it real quick. Quarterback, I think it favors Miami. Running back, and I know people love Damian Harris. Miles Gaskin was very impressive last year. I, I actually kind of think it's a wash at running back. At tight end, you know, they spent a lot of money on Hunter Henry, Henry and Jonu Smith. You know, I still think that's a wash when we have Gusecki and, and the crew that we have out there. If you look at the wide receivers, we are leaps and bounds better. They are leaps and bounds better on the offensive line. You know, if you look at the secondary, I, I know New England has a decent secondary. I'm not downplaying their secondary, but if Miami doesn't have a top three unit this year in the NFL, I'd be flabbergasted. You know, they, they New England pro- has the better linebackers if you count just the inside backers. If you add our pass rushers with Agba, Jalen Phillips, Van Ginkle, then that's a different story. And you know what? Give me our defensive line. So I, I and, and special teams. You know, I think we beat them in every aspect of special teams. So, like, if you think about that, our offensive line is very good, though. No, they have a great offensive line, and look, they're gonna the game's gonna start a little slower. They'll run the ball. I think you'll have people on Twitter running around, same old Dolphins. It'll probably be pretty tight to start. And then I think the Dolphins will hit some big plays and start pulling away because I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a very aggressive Dolphins offense. I think they have enough faith in Tua to push the ball downfield. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and let's, let's not discount how good Devontae Parker has been against the New England Patriots. And, you know, I, I just think that this is a great matchup. It's a great way to start the season, division game. You know, it, it's not going to be cold in New England, right? You're, the weather is in, in Miami's favor. I just think the Dolphins have everything in their favor to go into New England, go into, go into Foxborough and get the W. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, up front, you know, Chase Winovich, um, Dietrich Wise, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, who's been really good. Um, not a big Devon Godshaw fan. Um, you know, and then you look at the linebacker core, Matt Judon, Dante Hightower, and Kyle Van Noy. It's a very strong front seven, and it's going to be quite the task for our offensive line against their front seven. When you look at their offensive line, Isaiah Wynn, one a guy who I wanted last year Shaq in the draft, Mason. in the draft who was phenomenal and are probably their best rookie, Michael Onwenu, um, David Andrews, yeah, Shaq Mason. They added Trent Brown from Las Vegas. Um, you know what doesn't worry me is their weapons. I think right now are, are John and Hunter Henry out right now. I, I don't know about Jonu. I thought Hunter Henry was out, but I wasn't certain. I, I know that we discussed it last night at a fantasy football draft, and we thought he was definitely going to be out for the first couple weeks. But yeah. you know, you're right. Our offensive line's got their work cut out for him, and I couldn't be miss, more disappointed if Austin Jackson doesn't play the game, not because I think he's a superb talent, but I, he, you know, for me, 
Is Greg Little really a drop off, though, my friend? No, he's not a drop off at all. But like, if Austin Jackson, I'd be putting Liam Eikenberg there and keeping Jesse Davis at right tackle. Oh, and I'm not disagreeing, but I I think that if Austin Jackson doesn't win this job this year, and you gave up Minka Fitzpatrick for that pick, like then you really, you know, not every move Chris Gear is going to make. And I and last week on the first episode of Fin Too Deep, I was singing his praises. You kind of need Austin Jackson or Noah Igbenogany to hit here, right? Like, it, you know, it's great if Tua hits and he's your quarterback, but with those other two picks, if both of them are these young players that have all these elite, and I put in parentheses, tools and don't develop, it's a really bad look for this team. And, you know, Austin Jackson was a pleasant surprise for me last year. I expected him actually to get stronger and look a little bit better, and he's been a train wreck in this offseason. Honestly, like... There's a chance that I, I did not like him at all coming out of the U.S. Yeah, team. and I didn't love him either, and I don't think many people did. And he got he was toolsy. And we I put reached, that in- we reached on both guys. The the first word that came to my mind while you're talking about Austin and Noah is reach. We reached on both of those guys. Okay, you should have taken Cesar Ruiz at 18. You could have taken Austin Jackson at 26, and you could have gone Noah in the second round. Who are they kidding? Or they could have took Jonathan Taylor. In- That's, don't even get me started. <laughs> my own. Oh, I, I wanted Jonathan Taylor or Antoine Winfield with that pick. Or Antoine Winfield. Yeah, exactly. 100%. It, it is what it is. But I'll tell you this. Depending on how it shakes out, whether it's Little or Eichenberg, if they play really, really well. It's over. Frost. And Austin Jackson is healthy enough to play in week two. It's over. Does he get his job back? I, I don't. I don't think that, he's that, earned anything. That I said this tonight on my show. That's when you will find out if it's politics as usual. If he gets his job back and they show that they're better and more consistent than what he's put on tape, you know what your problem is. He's only given being given that um, nod because he was the 18th overall pick, and no one in that room wants to raise their hand and say we messed up. Well, and, and I don't. We, we you know. And that's detrimental talk. to the team, and that's grounds for firing, if you ask me. Yeah, and we're, we won't have – let's not go down the draft rabbit hole yet this early in the season, but this is an awesome offensive tackle draft, and I think it's Buddy, very I'd trade important. the world to make sure I got Evan Neal. Oh, he, he's amazing. And, and honestly, I, I – You can play really, right or left. He's our answer. I would love – but, like, even some of the interior guys, there's going to be so many opportunities. To, but if Austin Jackson proves that he's not it this year, they can't – he won't. They can't keep hesitating – to, and, and that's one thing I like about Flores and company is that they haven't hesitated to say, you know what, we'll figure a way to move on. And I think it's important. But, like, let, let, you know, I, I do think let's give the guy a chance because he did surprise me a little bit last year. Um, and, and, you know, I hopefully he has room to grow. We all want him to, right? Like, I don't want any player on the Dolphins to fail. But I, I think it's it, we're going to learn very quickly. And, and honestly, I really like the Greg Little trade in totality because we didn't give up much. He was, he was, you know, a higher draft pick in the second round. Sure. He had his troubles in Carolina, but you know, it, it, you know, we were, my issue, to he's the same guy. <laughs> my issue is he's the same guy that Austin Jackson is. Yeah. The and look, same technique, fundamental and hand problems that, uh, that Austin Jackson has. I said, I said this earlier too. It's like that Spider-Man meme, you know, where Spider-Man's looking at the other Spider-Man. And they point at each other, yeah. That, that's literally Austin Jackson and Greg Little. Well, you know, and, and look, we traded a seventh-round pick for him, so if we're expecting the next Jonathan Ogden out of Greg Little, you know, we're all kidding ourselves, right? So, Neil, they need to sign 
Mitchell Schwartz. I got really bothered this week when I saw that they brought in the most amount of players of any team in the NFL this week on tryouts, and not one of them was an offensive tackle, and then they ended up signing Bobby Hart. I don't know yeah. if you saw, but Mitchell Schwartz Ugh. said on a podcast last week that he's nearing 100%. This yeah. should not be a question with Jesse Davis's health right now and Mitchell Schwartz automatically. Imagine Mitchell Schwartz at 100% health next to Robert Hunt for one or two years. Yeah, I think it would be an amazing move. I don't think it's a move they're going to make, unfortunately, because I think they really do value Jesse Davis way more than all of us do. And, you know, it, it, it's tough. Even if it wasn't Mitchell Schwartz, like, I, I could take a flyer on a one-year deal with a guy like Rick Wagner, you know? Right, like, yeah, there, there's yeah. guys out there that, you know, I, I don't understand. Like, if Bobby Hart gets on the field... It's over. Uh, go start to Kobe Brissett because two is going to get destroyed. Yeah, like, it's it, it just... It, it, it's malpractice at that point to start Bobby Hart. But, like, you know, I, I do think the line will have its trouble, but what I... What I think that will be awesome is the tempo of this offense, getting the ball out of his hands quick. I just think we have too much speed for those corners. I really do. And, and J.C. Jackson, I think, actually had nine picks last year. And he was, a, he was a Maryland guy. So, I, you know, I went to Maryland. Uh, I follow him closely. Uh, big fan of his coming out. I think he's, you know, outkicked all of our expectations of what anyone who was a Maryland fan had of him. But with that said, like, you know, it, I still think that the one thing that people don't give to enough credit for is the way he can maneuver in the pocket, and he can avoid a lot of that rush. And this game's going to come down to two things: on offense, can you establish the run? On defense, can you stop the run? So, what do you what do you, what, what what's the score you have? How do you see it playing out? So, I trolled Patriots fans because I don't know if you saw CBS put up that picture of like. Tua throwing the football and Mac Jones handing it off. And I said, it looks like Tua's having a game where he's throwing 350-plus touchdowns for 350-plus uh, yards and four touchdowns um, and dominating the Pats' defense while Mac Jones looks like he's resorting to hand it off because he's getting shut down. And then I said 30-13, to 13 and Patriots fans lost their mind. And I don't think it's going to be 30-13, to 13, but I do think it's going to be, you know, I could see 27 um to 17 i think you know this is a new england patriots team last year even with the poor the piss poor play from gam newton the guy was an absolute let's be honest with ourselves was an absolute turnover machine when you add in the fumbles along with the interceptions last year um you know well I mean, he didn't lose some of them too. Like he fumbled the ball, but didn't lose them. But you know, this team last year, they averaged 146.6 rushing yards per game. Now, flip side, they allowed 131.4 rushing yards per game, but that defense is totally different. But sticking to their offense for a sec, I think it was fourth best in the NFL. And I think right now, Ramondre Stevenson, I took him in every fantasy league this year. It was a major investment for me because I think even in our dynasty league, I think that job is eventually his over um, Damian Harris just because of this style. And he's so explosive. But, you know, I, I think this is a team that if they get the run going, it's going to make it easier for Mac Jones. Now, I know we love running a lot of that single high, um, you know, that cover one shell, right? And 
Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Naturally, we we load the box anyways, usually with row, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how we stop the run because what worries me with the McKinney release is it's all the same guys. It's Jerome Baker. It's um, Alandon Roberts. Now, Alandon Roberts is a thumper, but, you know, the difference between him and McKinney is he's not as instinctual as McKinney. His read and recognition ability, like Baker's, to me, leaves a lot to desire. Um, I don't think they're good, very good against RPOs. Now, I don't know how much RPO they're going to be running against us. That'll be interesting to see. Um, just because, and that goes back to, I, I, you know, Jerome Baker's instincts I've always questioned. I think a lot of his sacks last year were manufactured by this defense. I don't think, you know, I don't like his ability to play through traffic. I don't think he can shed disengage blocks very well. And I, uh, the problem against the run for me is not the first level. It's the second level. And like if Wilkins and, um, you know, and Raekwon Davis open up that lane for that linebacker to come scrape over, you know, have we have Landon Roberts and Jerome Baker prove themselves to be reliable in the situations? No, that's where McKinney came in for me. So, you know, and Sam Aguavine, like, okay, I love the story, but like, let's be honest right now, he hasn't proven anything at this level. So that linebacker core, you know, they're all undersized. It really, really worries me with that linebacking core right now. You know what I mean? Like, I know they want to drop Jalen Phillips back into coverage, but you know, maybe you're gonna have to put him up. I know this the depth chart has this as a three three five defense. Last year we were three four on the depth chart, but I know this is a fluid situation. You know, you can see bear fronts, three four, four three, um, two man fronts. It's all going to be situationally based, opponent based. It's a fluid. It's a hybrid defense. Exotic looks, disguises, all that jazz, cover zero, all that stuff. I know you're going to see this, but maybe this is maybe we need to use Jalen Phillips this year in more of an end edge role as opposed to what it looks like with them dro him dropping back in coverage because Jalen Phillips can set the edge against the run. He can also he can bring a pass rush. I think, you know, my, my issue that I'm kind of starting to see with Jalen Phillips is like, looks like they're putting a lot of responsibilities on him. When I think the first year is about getting a player comfortable and allowing him to do things that he's comfortable doing by, and that's how you eventually establish that comfortability at this level. So I'd be telling him pass rush situations, set the edge, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I just don't know this run defense and the front looks good, second level, I got an issue. Oh, I, I think we're going to give yards on the ground, and I think that's what we're going to do a lot this season. Because uh, you know what? I don't see the Patriots getting a lot in the air. Um, you know, Mac Jones is a rookie. Uh, I don't care how good he looked in the preseason. You know, he didn't see Xavier Howard. He didn't see Byron Jones. And he didn't see Eric Rowe out there, right? And uh, But if they start setting up, up with play action – and they start and they start setting us up with that and now they're going quick over over the linebackers heads and they're you know because we're playing up and we're playing up on that run and makes, it makes it easier for Mac Jones it's going to be a long day if that if that run game gets that established against us bro yeah you know my final score i have Miami 31 New England 20 um i think Tua is going to come out firing 
I think Tua is going to have a big game. I think he's going to get close to 300 yards, and I think he's going to throw three touchdowns. I think Waddle gets one. I think one of the tight ends is going to catch one, and I think he's going to do a little drop off to Miles Gaskin for a touchdown at some point too. Uh, I think we score on defense. Um, if I'm looking into my crystal ball, I have a, I have a weird feeling that Eric Rowe is going to be a guy who gets in the end zone on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and I actually think that they're going to run the ball on us, but we're going to start hitting some big plays. And as we start to pull away, we're going to have to put the, the rock into Mac Jones's hands. And, and I think he's going to throw a couple picks. Um, so I said, Eric Rowe, I think Eric college of on Holland gets a pick on Sunday. I, I think Xavier Howard is too, man. Here, here's why Xavier, there, there's people that get paid and they're content. I think Xavier Howard's kind of paid and pissed off because he wants to get paid again, and he wants to prove that he deserved the money he got. So I, I think I, I think Mac Jones is going to get gutsy and try and try to take on X. So I, I think X is going to get a pick, you know. And, and we'll talk about this in, in the next segment in the season preview. But I, I, I'm high on the Dolphins this year, and, and I'm high because I really truly believe in my evaluation of Tua. And I think that he takes that step this year. And when I say takes that step, I think he's going to do better than what a lot of people think. I, I, you know, I, I said this, I think, last week. I think he's going to be closer to an MVP than a bust. And the reason I think that is a lot of things. And I, I'm even taking into account that we might have the worst offensive line in football. We might. But Tua it, it can maneuver in that pocket. He's got weapons. I, I mean, you know, it, it's funny because we talk about fantasy football, right? And I remember going to drafts where the only Dolphin on the offensive side of the ball might be Devontae Parker in, like, you know, the later rounds. Last night when I had my fantasy draft, it was Gusecki, Waddle, Fuller, Miles Gaskin, Tua, like – like they all were going in the draft. Like I, I, like I, I don't remember when the Dolphins even had a quarterback that got drafted. It's not about fantasy football, but what the point I'm trying to make is, man, we got some weapons in Miami, and it's been quite a long, long time since we had this. I, I, I saw the other day it was that 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 bulletin board where it had freaking uh, Ellerby, Phil Wheeler, Brian Hartline. Uh, Tannehill, I think it was Mike Wallace and Cam Wake on it. And it's like, you know, it was the new era and none of it panned out. I think we actually have the vertical passing game that we wanted to have when we went out and got Mike Wallace and Brandon Gibson and Brian Hartline. And, and, and like Will Fuller, when healthy to me, is a top 15 receiver in football. I think Jalen Waddle is going to be a top 15 receiver in football. I know we differ a little bit on the Mike Gusecki thing, but I think he's poised for a huge season. We used to talk about Devontae Parker being the man, being the Ric Flair of our receiving core. He ain't even Art Anderson at this point, man. Like, <laughs> I, I think he's the third guy. Not to mention this guy named Preston Tully. Williams. Yeah, he might be Tully. And then we got Preston Williams, who might be Barry Windham. And, like, his hands are questionable. But Jakeem Grant is someone defenses have to take in consideration because he has the speed. Oh, and you know who? I just used him as a decoy. I'd use Jakeem as a decoy. And, and we just went through that whole little segment there, and we didn't even mention Albert Wilson. Yep. <laughs> you know, like that is what I like. And Albert Wilson. I think Albert Wilson has a career year. I got flack for it, and I even got into a, a bet with Clump because I predicted uh, 80, 80 plus targets and over 800 yards. I mean, would it surprise you if he just like had 
No, he's going to have a career year. Yeah, no, it's, it's on, on Sunday, though. Six catches, like 90 yards with a big 30-yarder thrown in there. Like, that one's Dude, I think me. him and Waddle could both have 100-yard games. Yeah, and, and that, that's exactly what I'm saying. I think we're going to have a lot of success against them in the air, and ultimately the better team's going to win. And I think on Sunday the better team's going to be the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, to me it's all about getting out on that quick start, setting the tone. And starting off, if you can, the quicker you can force the ball into Mac Jones' hands, the easier this game is going to get. Because I've been predicting um, three interceptions: Byron X and Javon Holland for a couple weeks since since uh, since it started rumbling that Mac Jones might be the starter. So, uh, you know, I get on them quick, get out ahead, man. If you're up fourteen nothing, you know, near the end of the first quarter. It's it's going to be a long day for the New England Patriots. Yeah, and one thing I think to watch, because I agree with you, the whole Jalen Phillips getting him to do too much, it's kind of what, what wore Mink out in Miami. Well, look at what they did with Chase Young, right? Like, look, that's how you, you – Washington last year utilized Chase Young at what he did best. I mean, if you go watch Chase Young in Ohio, he wasn't out in coverage a lot. So I, what did I, they do? They small. They, they said, okay, we'll use you off the end. We want you to set the edge. We want you to pass the passer. We'll let you go into coverage in the flats. They weren't dropping them back. You know what I mean? I, I think Brian Flores is throwing a little bit of a curveball. I think they know Jalen Phillips can rush the passer. They hit it in the offseason and the preseason. I'm hoping. And I, I think they're going to unleash him on Sunday. Because I have said, if you're going to find out how good and you're going to test and practice all that coverage with some live snaps, the preseason is when you're going to do that. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, and look, you know, I'm very positive on the Dolphins. I have been on the last two podcasts we've done. And, you know, as fans, you want your team to win. And sometimes, you know, you let your homerism get in, in the way of being objective. I'm I, like, the Dolphins aren't a perfect team. They need an inside linebacker and offensive line help very bad. Both of those units are among the worst in football. And, you know, and they could I'm use already, an al- they could use a real alpha back. Yeah, and an alpha back for sure. So, so there's a lot of needs. And, and as as Barry Jackson pointed out today, they're going to have the most cap in football. It's going to be a fun offseason to be a Dolphins fan again. You know, all that's beside the point. The reason I am so bullish on my stance that the Dolphins are legit contenders, a legit playoff team this year, is because I believe in what's going to happen on the offensive side of the ball, starting with Tua, but. You know, you add those receivers to the mix. You add a lot of the, you know, the, you got players that fill specific roles. But last year, what we all talked about all in the last quarter of the season was how our receivers could not separate, right? How how old was that conversation? It was yeah. true, but God, I got tired of it. Now we have Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, Waddle, and Fuller. Those are, I mean, you couldn't show me one team in football that has more speed at the position than that. There's not a team that exists that has that speed. Yeah. And because of that, I, I just I think we're going to have a fun track team, but it's not all about vertical routes, right? Waddle and Wilson especially are very good in the intermediate passing game, right? Like we got a little taste of that with Waddle in that preseason game where he went down and we were all holding our breath. But the man can create people to miss, and after the run, I mean, he's a unicorn after the catch, right? 
And, and Albert Wilson's coming back. He's motivated. He doesn't have a contract beyond this year, right? So he's going to be playing his ass for money. And, I, you know, we all know they tried to change, trade Jakeem Grant. And I don't care what the depth chart says. That's all smoke and mirrors, man. When it's football on Sunday, the best players are going to be on the field. And, and that offense, and we're not even talking about the tight ends, that it's five deep. And, you know, like, you know, even a guy like Hunter Long, who's a rookie, you know, he has a chance. He'll get some burn to make some plays this year. It's it's going to be fun to watch this Dolphins offense. Um. All right, so predictions. Um. I'm taking 27-17 Miami Dolphins. You're taking? 31-20. All right, Dolphins. so let's get into um, overall season predictions now. I've predicted them to go 11 and 6. I have them losing um, week two to the Bills, week four, and, and week five to the Colts and the Bucks. I have them losing the Halloween game, yes, and getting swept by the Bills. And then I have them losing um, the Thursday night game to the Ravens. And then I have them losing to the Tennessee Titans in week 17 um, after a five-game winning streak. So I have them winning um, six of their last seven um, to end the season, and they end up 11-6. and six. Um, where, where, where do you have with record prediction with the Miami Dolphins this year? Man, we're good minds think alike. I have them at 11-6 and six as well. Um, I, I almost uh, – if it wasn't for the offensive line – I really would have probably put them at twelve and five. I think they're eleven and six. I, I think they might actually beat Buffalo once, but I, I could see them losing a game that th- they probably shouldn't. Like it, it kind of reminiscent of the Denver game last year. It, it, it happens over the course of a season. You know, sometimes you just don't play your best football, and, and it happens. But I, I think they're eleven and six. I think that's good enough to get one of the wild card spots for sure. Uh, in the AFC, I, I think the Bills get the one seed. I got the Chiefs at two. Um, at three, I would – let me think about this real quick out loud here. I, I, I'm like between – I'm going to give it to the Ravens just because I, I, I trust their front office and their coach a little bit more than, and than I do in Cleveland. I think the Titans will be the four seed to win their division. I have Cleveland and Miami, the fifth and sixth seed. And then at my seventh seed, I, I'm going to go with the Steelers because I do think that their defense is legit. Um, I, I don't know what to expect out of Ben, but I do think a guy like Najee Harris coming in there is going to take a lot of pressure off of Ben. And I, I think the Steelers' defense is good enough to get them a couple wins and get them into that final spot. And and, and I, I think that will beat out a popular pick like the Colts. Um I, with T.Y. Hilton going down for the Colts, uh, I, I just – outside of Jonathan Taylor, their offense just doesn't do a lot to scare me. And I I, I don't have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz. I, I don't know why I would. So, you know, I, I think those are my seven teams that I would go with. Um, but, you know, I like this, this is a playoff year for the Dolphins. I, I don't see how it doesn't happen. And, you know, I don't even want to – we'll have that conversation at another date and see how the season goes. But that's how I see the AFC shaking out. And to, to my chagrin here, unfortunately, the team that I see kind of staying at the top at the end of all of this is the Buffalo Bills. I, I You know, they got good mojo. And, and Josh Allen is an ascending player. I like the Emmanuel Sanders signing. Um, their defense, you know, it rock solid. They added some good pieces to their defensive line. Um, they're just a tough matchup right now. Very well-coached team. Sean McDermott is an absolute stud, you know, and I'll give him kudos. I'll say this, you know, I would love nothing more 
than that uh, me to be wrong when it goes to that. I'd rather see Mahomes ho- hoist the Lombardi again. You know, I, I will never ever root for a division rival um, to win. It, it just won't happen. Yeah, I got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs finishing first and obviously winning the AFC West, then the Bills finishing second, winning the East. Um, Then third, I have um, the Baltimore Ravens, just like you. Um, Fourth, I have Tennessee, just like you. Um, And then um, fifth, I have the Browns. Um, Sixth, I have the Dolphins. And the wild card seventh team for me is um actually not going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers because I just believe you know that offense it worries me in terms of that offensive line um I think the Chargers are gonna sneak in and get a wild card spot because Derwin James is back and um Bose is back to health full health so I think that uh that defense is gonna be good and I think you know just like I think they built that offensive line enough to where it's going to help the run game get back to what it was before last year when an Eckler's back healthy. So, um, yeah, I got the uh, Chargers sneaking in at seventh. Um, let me ask you this Do you see, you know, do you think um, there's anyone like other than a Will Fuller potentially that? Or do you think there's going to be too much ball spread around that there's going to be no thousand yard receivers on this team this year? Yeah, you know, I, I thought a lot about that, and it's just tough because there's so many mouths to feed. And Waddle, Fuller, and Gasecki are the first three that popped to mind. But we just talked about Albert Wilson and how much we respect him. There's Devonte Parker. There's Preston Williams. Um, I, to be to be the honest, I I don't know if any of them get to the thousand mark plateau, but I don't think it really matters. Um, you know, like I could really see Tua throwing 4,500 yards this year in this offense with the, the yeah, I predicted 3,800 to 4,200 yards, 28 to 32 touchdowns, and 8 to 11 interceptions. Yeah. And let, let's just put that in perspective. When's the last time a Dolphins quarterback has thrown 30 touchdowns? And I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. It's been a while, right? Yeah, Tannehill didn't. Yeah, he never did. I think the most was like twenty seven or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was that year in two thousand sixteen under Gaze where he had that really good year. Um, but like even like you remember when Chad Pennington was the uh, in two thousand eight was like the second runner up for the MVP. You know, he didn't throw thirty touchdowns that well, that's year. That's because his arm was like a noodle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we I I, I don't I, I think the last guy who did it was was obviously Dan Marino. <laughs> you know, we're talking a long long time ago, right? So. I, I do think Tua hits that mark, but no, I think the guy who's going to lead is going to be Waddle, and, and I know that's not not common for a rookie, but with Fuller missing the first game, I think that gives Tua the chance to really expand that chemistry with Waddle. I think he's going to look for him because of the comfort with him, and I just think Waddle's a better player. I, I mean, I know it's he's a rookie, but like, you know, we we hear these NFL comps, right? And and it, and it gets kind of dangerous sometimes, right? But when people like Daniel Jeremiah say that Jalen Waddle is the closest thing to Tyreek Hill that they've seen, and, and you don't just hear it once, you hear, don't hear it twice, you hear it ten times. There's a, where there's smoke, there's fire, and 
like he's got the Alabama pedigree. He's tough, right? Like, did he have any business playing in that game at Alabama? But it looks like it might have held him back a little bit too. So it might have, but like that kind of guy, that's the kind of guy that I want. He's got an alpha personality. He's got the game breaking speed. He can make plays. He's a matchup nightmare. So I actually know what the scary thing is. You know what the scary thing is with that Tyreek thing? He's actually better than what Tyreek Hill was coming out of college because Tyreek was a running back. Tyreek wasn't as nuanced and as polished of a route runner that Jalen Phillips is. I don't think he understood open space angles as well as um, Jalen Waddle did at this stage. You know, his release wasn't as good as Jalen Waddle off the line. Like he was a running back. He was not even a receiver when he came out. Well, who cares what us Dolphins fans think, right? Like, look at the Jacksonville Jaguars draft board, right? They had him graded with the same exact grade as Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. Like, I like, I love Jalen Waddle. I didn't have him that high, you know? And I'm sitting here singing his praises, telling you that I think he's going to be the best receiver that we've probably had in 20 years. And, you know, I didn't even have him graded that high. I had Devontae Smith over him. And, and I'm concerned about Devontae Smith's size, but I loved his route running. But it was... It was a slot or two, you know, but I, I just think that Waddle brings something unique to the table that we haven't seen. I mean, it's not just the speed. Like, you get stuck on the speed. He His concentration skills are really, really good when the ball's in the air. His ability to track is borderline elite, right? Like, he's got the these little nuances in his game, but, like, He's got a chip on his shoulder. Now, you ever see how he plays? Like, you got that one video when they score touchdowns, and he's, uh, I don't even remember. Stands what over guys and, like, yeah, I, I, flexes dude, I, on them and stuff. I like that shit. And I don't even care on Sunday yeah. if we if we get a couple taunting penalties and they're not in the wrong time. I want this team to play angry and play with a little emotion. I've seen Dolphin teams that sit there, and it looks like, like you sit there and, like, dude, you guys, where's the fire? What's going on? I want to see something that I haven't seen before or seen in a very long time. And people like like Jalen Waddle and Tua, what makes these guys amazing is that they've been to the pinnacle of success at the last level, right? Jalen Waddle, all the guys used to is winning. You think he's going to want to come in here and go eight and nine and no. you know flirt with not making the playoffs? Like, the, the swagger is going to be there, I think, this year. And, and it's going to be fun to watch. But, yeah, you know, I, I think it's a playoff year. Um, it, and I think what it – you know, you got to remember that we're, we're only in – what, we're in the third year of this rebuild, right? And it's not really a rebuild anymore. But Yeah, I think we're out of the rebuild. I think it's done. But I think it's going to take us another offseason to catch up to Buffalo. And it sounds like over the next two drafts – They were just ahead of us, that's all. Yeah, and, and look, they started their rebuild earlier than us as well, right? So we're, we're right there on where we need to be. Like, if you would have told me at the beginning of last season, after we you know lost the opener to New England, that this year we'd be all being talked about as being a playoff team, I'd be uh, excited. You know what I mean? So I have those expectations. But, yeah, I have the Bills coming out of the East. And, and the NFC, you know, I, I, God, I, I hate to be, like, so vanilla, but – I just don't see how the Buccaneers don't get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> you, I agree. you know what I mean? And like, I like, you know, I, I think they win their division. The Packers are going to win their division. Um, we got this, you know, this, the the uh, what's it? The um, the Cowboys. I think will edge I'm out taking Washington in that division. And, and, I, and I was kind of flip flopping between those two. I just, you know. The, the Cowboys are the team that kind of burned me in my predictions every year because I look at their team on paper and I'm like, damn, they're good. But I, their defense it, it has been atrocious, and I do like the Washington defense. 
and, and I'm interested to see if we get Fitz magic or Fitz tragic. And God, I, I even hate hearing myself say that out loud. Right. And then, and then I, and you know, man, the, the, that Rams division's tough, but I, I'll probably give it to the Rams. And, and then I, I think Seattle gets one of the wild cards. Washington gets one of the wild cards and then I'll throw Arizona in the final wild card spot. So I got Washington winning the East. Um, but I obviously have Tampa Bay being the number one seed. Um, the number one seed will be Tampa. The number two seed will be Green Bay. Um, I'm going to shock you. My number three seed, Arizona. Yeah, that's a, that, you know what? Honestly, is it the year that they just take that? I mean, yeah, I think it is. And then number four, I'll go Washington. Um, and then my number five seed, I'm going to go um, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, number six, I'm going to go the Rams. I got three teams out of the West making it. And then the final playoff spot, I'm, um, I'm going to shock again. Um, I'm going to say that Justin Field comes in and leads the bears to that final wild card spot. God, that would be pretty fun, right? Like, so look, you know, we have, I think 12 of the 14 teams that are in the playoffs as chalk, you know, we have them kind of identical. And I think you have the chargers where I had the Steelers and, you have the Bears, where I had uh, Arizona as my last wild card. But yeah, I, look, I, I think that you know that that says a lot. You know, it's going to be a fun season. And, and the the one thing I'll say is the the AFC seems just a notch above when you look at the six oh, in the conference. But that Buccaneers team, I mean, like the way they were able to orchestrate bringing everyone back, yeah, and the salary cap. I mean, you know, you got. Godwin and you ha- you kept Sue and Antonio Brown and Shaq Barrett and Levante David and like I-, I just thought it was kind of amazing how they did it and and then I think when the dust settles I think oh man Bills Bucks I think Tom Brady gets another one <laughs> I-, I think we're gonna get a rematch from last year yeah and and that would be fun that, that because that be the fun. offensive line so the magic the magic they worked in Kansas City to get that offensive line to what it is right now oh. like they should be a special award should be made for them yeah and that's what Miami needs to do next offseason is do what they did you go out you sign someone who's who's an elite player on that offensive line and then you go and, and use another draft pick well they got really- a couple right Tooney was an elite player Orlando Brown Rolando Brown's an elite player. They Creed drafted Humphrey. a soon-to-be elite player in Creed Humphrey. Trey Smith was the steal of the draft. Yep, and the year before, they drafted Lucas Niang because they knew they weren't going to re-sign Mitchell Schwartz out of TCU, and I loved me some Lucas Niang. Yeah, I, I think Robert Hunt and Liam Eichenberg, or Liam Eichenberg are the two guys that will stick and be in this offensive line for the, for the near and long-term future. Oh, you don't think Kinley will, eh? I, I, you know what? I think he'll be on the team for his first four years. I don't know if he won the position or if he if there just wasn't a better option. I, I think they're going to be in the market for an elite left guard um, in, in the offseason. And, and, I, and I don't have my notes in front of me of who those players are yet. But I just have a feeling, and maybe it's a left tackle that they spend. I, I think they're going to spend on an offensive line to bring that continuity because – if this team does stumble, it's going to be because of the offensive line. I, I mean, that's that. I, I even though they're hey, linebacker, you know he's about to be a free agent, right? I know he's like close to thirty or at thirty. Taron Armstead. 
Yeah, and and like that's exactly what I mean. Like even though he, wait, so he's got a good four year contract in him, right? So yeah. look 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 at Trent Williams. I mean, Trent Williams might be the best left tackle in football still. So I, I don't think that, that that deters Miami from going after it. But, you know, I, I, like the Chiefs, to your point, I mean, what they did in the off, uh, getting Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney and putting them next to each other on the offensive line was just was just magic. I, I mean, it, and I think we all like Creed Humphrey, that one that one's still a sore subject to me because I, I thought that he had Miami Dolphins written all over him. I really, really did. And, and I know they met with him. And, you know, it, it seemed like they liked him a lot, but like. There's some things that this team just doesn't like to do in the draft. And, you know, we all play the Monday morning quarterback and watch it. And, like, how do you, you know, like, for me, like, one of the things that I still get upset about is that we took Blake Ferguson over James Prochet. Prochet looks like he might be Baltimore's best receiver. Receiver, And, and look, Blake Ferguson's a fine long snapper, but who's going to impact your team more? But, you know, know, I'm not going to sit here and second guess. They've made the moves they've made. We have this team. It, 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 it's time for week one, and when we connect on our show next week, we'll be reviewing a hopeful Dolphins victory and then talking about a humongous home opener against Buffalo. And, God, there, there's just – there's so much to dive into in that game. You know, Josh Allen, the Dolphins killer. Will Brian Flores finally prove the – because, he, he, you know, he, he gets a lot of praise – one thing that he has not been able to do is figure out Josh Allen. But let's worry about that next week. We got the Patriots on the road this week. Uh, it's a big season, um, big game for Tua. I, I think it's a big game week one. I, I know that it's you a You can't lose game. to Mac Jones. You can't lose to a rookie quarterback. In no, Tua, Tua cannot lose to Mac Jones. I need to see the determined and competitive Tua that I saw in Arizona. Yeah. and, and, and I just refuse to lose Tua. And if we if my this game doesn't go in Miami's favor, I will promise everyone who's listening. I'm logging off Dolphins Twitter. Take off your TV, cancel your Direct TV for the month because all you're going to log out of your Twitter app. Yep, get rid of everything because all you're going to hear is that Mac Jones is the better quarterback. But like I I honestly, I actually think the headlines on Monday are going to be like, oh, is Tua back to his form at Alabama? I is think that Tua back. I, I think that is going to be one of the headlines. And I, there's nothing better to me than when your team wins and you're you're having your victory Monday, and then you get to go watch all those talking heads, and you get to go and look at all the like videos of them. And you know, I I, I was loving when the um, Good Morning uh, NFL had uh you know Kyle Brandt wearing Van Ginkle jerseys and stuff last year. And that's so. So here's my question to you to kind of wrap it up here today. What what game day attire are you going to be? Is there a specific jersey you're going to be rocking? Or so last year I got the uh, um, Aqua Vapor Limited Throwback for Tua, and now I just got the um, Home Vapor Limited Throwback for Tua. So I'll be rocking the new Tua jersey on Sunday. Yeah, I'm rocking. I'm rocking the first one you said, the Aqua Vapor Throwback. Um, I got the. Uh, I guess it was a little bit more expensive one. That was the uh, that the Vapor. That's the stitched one a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's what I'm going to be rocking. I'm going to be rocking the the the. Dolphins no screen. No screen prints over here. Yeah, man. No, they. If you put them in the dryer in the wrong angle, they burn off anyway. But I'll yeah. be rocking the Zubaz Dolphins pants. Uh, and, and man, I I cannot. I'll be ordering wings and pizza. And I'll be being a fat guy on the couch watching uh, football pretty much for 13 hours. 
and my whole week next week at, at work, people will they'll, they'll be able to judge really quickly on Monday morning on how the week's going to go for me because I'm coming in smiling and heel clicking with a win. And, and if I get an L, like no one don't even come talk to me. I might even take off work. I'm a sore loser, man. <laughs> Um, all right, man. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week, guys, hopefully to review a Dolphins victory. But until then, I hope everyone stays happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And it spins up all day.